0: All right, welcome to the Jesus-centered family podcast where we talk about ministry, parenting and equipping every generation to intentionally live a Jesus-centered life. Around the table today, as usual, we have Stacy, Dane and Matt and myself. Hello everybody. Hello. Thank you Thank you Stacy for responding. <laughs> Uh, today we're going to continue through what we call our five sticky faith values, uh, and these are the values that we've considered to be most important in carrying out our vision here at County Line Church and our young gen department. Does anybody know that vision off the top of their head and want to take a stab at it? No. I said it last time. You did. So I, I just put you on the spot.
1: I'm gonna you did it. I'm gonna hand it off to the 40 year, 40 something year olds. See what they can do.
0: You just called us out, Stacey. Do you guys know it? I hope you do.
2: Can I be honest? Yeah. I wasn't even listening to you because I was thinking about this question. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: she can't hold my test. Stacey says, <laughs> Um what exactly is it we're here for? <laughs>
3: That's like a small group with high school so kids. Sorry. What was the question again? Is that, uh,
0: is that having a fifth kid? Is that just, it's just mush? <laughs> now? Oh. <laughs>
2: something like that.
0: <laughs> Dane, what is our what is our mission statement?
3: The mission statement, the vision statement is restoring communities of Christ one life at a time. Oh, look at you. Mission statement is that what you just said. That we're calling everyone to intentionally live a Jesus-centered
0: life. You're so close. I did and I did actually just say the whole thing <laughs> a minute ago. Uh, but it is to equip every, every, every generation, generation to, to, live to intentionally no. live a Jesus-centered life. So close. Some entertainment to get us started today. But yeah. the value that we're discussing today is empower kids and students to be the church of today. Um, and I think as we're discussing this, I think it would be important to uh, to define what this, this phrase, be the church of today, means. Um, so I want to kind of go around the table and give your best definition of, in your own words, of what it means to be the church of today.
1: I think it's I think it's a good reminder for us like we were when we I remember forming these and making sure that this one was listed in the exact way that we wanted it to be listed. Like the others we were playing around with but like this was one that we I I feel like if I'm remembering it right, you know we solidified pretty early in the process that we want people to understand that young people are the church. Um, And as we thought about what does that mean, that young people are the church, that, you know, we want them to have a voice in -hmm. the church. Yeah. We, we see them and we see their potential as leaders. And I think there's been this long time, and I hope I'm not going too, too deep, too quick, but you know, there's been this long time of using the words next generation. Mm-hmm. And we've been very strategic not to say next generation for a while now. Uh, next means you're not there yet. And the reality is these kids are there. They're, mm-hmm. they're there now. Um, you know, they are they're believers, they're followers, they're servants, um, they're, they're leaders um, across the board. And so they are the church now. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we've adopted language that of saying we're not going to call this, these intergenerational ministries that we're doing, we're not going to call them the next gen, we're going to call them young gen, because mm-hmm. they're just young people. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're young people that are absolutely a crucial part of the church today.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. Like, if you look through all of our values, they're all like short, concise. And then I remember when we made this one, we like, we're like, can we... Is there any way we can shorten that to match the other? <laughs> and we just said, nope, we're just leaving it. Uh, and it is, it's like double or more the length of the, the amount of words and syllables as all the other ones. So it doesn't exactly flow like the other ones do, but you're right, it's very, very intentional. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? What does be the church of today mean in your own words?
3: Well, one, one thing that, again, <clears throat> I was taught growing up was that, and I think this is the key thing, is the word be the church, is that my dad used to say, we don't go to church, we are the church. Mm-hmm. And that phrase solidifies that. And I think as parents, we have to think ourselves as that we are the church, that we don't go to church on Sunday morning. It's the gathering of the community of believers to worship and to grow in our faith. But um, And in saying that, that... Uh, that they can be the church of today that we have to believe that we are the church ourselves Mm -hmm. as adults so that we can communicate that to our kids. And I, that's just something my dad would always say to us as a fun little thing, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we think of the church as this place that I go to church and then I go and my work, hang out with my friends, go to school, but we are the church and wherever we're at, in a sense, we're taking the church with us and interacting with culture and people. So I, I just love the idea that we're saying that that the kids, that the young generation, is the church, mm-hmm. and communicating that to them that it's just not just building, but it's you and I living out our faith uh, to expand God's kingdom. So that's I, I'm really excited about
0: that. Yeah, uh, just that phrase. I like that. Just like kind of reframing our thinking, mm-hmm. almost making church a verb. <laughs> it's right. I mean it's not, but like and how and how we're saying that like. Mm-hmm. That's something you do. Mm -hmm. It's not a place that you go. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there is a sense in which it is a place. Like there is a place. We need a place to gather. Mm -hmm. Um, But if our place to gather was gone, would we still exist?
2: And being here is just part of that. Like coming to church is part of being the church. And yeah, I totally agree with what Matt was saying was the first thing that came to my mind when you asked that question was the part of the being the next generation. And that's not at all how we see this. We want it to be that... It is inclusive of all generations, is what the church looks like. Mm -hmm. And then two, when Dane said about being the church, it doesn't just happen in this building, but it happens in all things that we do, the model that we're setting out, the activities that we participate in, that we can still be the church in all of those things, whether they be school, work. It doesn't have to be this Christian environment where we are modeling that behavior.
0: Yeah. I think when I came like two years ago, it was really hard for me to change how I said next gen Mm -hmm. uh, to change it to young gen. And it took a while. And I'm like, I'm pretty, I try to be pretty consistent on how I say things. And, you know, Cassie really loves that. I say impact trips now. Um, And that was a change I had to make, but like, I think it is important saying the young generation, like Mm -hmm. it's just another segment of the church. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not the, the next wave of people that are coming in to take it over. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a segment of, who we are.
3: And I think, too, one thing that that uh, stipulates as adults, when we believe and say that they are the church of today, that we can learn from them. Mm-hmm. And I think as adults, uh, we have to remember that, that the Holy Spirit, if a, if a child has given their life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit that resides in us is the same Holy mm-hmm. Spirit that resides in a seven, mm-hmm. eight, nine, ten-year-old, and the Holy Spirit can lead that that child to say something Mm -hmm. to challenge us to inspire us to encourage us and uh not to say oh well you're too young you don't know enough about the world yet or you Mm -hmm. you know you don't have enough experience yet in life but being open to that god can use uh the voice of a child to impact us as adults Mm -hmm. and i think saying that statement that if we really say that they are the church of today then they they are part of this conversation of faith and what it means to live that out.
0: Yeah. I love in first Timothy four twelve, and you know, everybody quotes it. Do not let others look down on you because you're young and that's good. But then the rest of it says, but be an example, set an example for the other believers. Um, and I've taught that to students so many times and like focus specifically on exactly what you just said. Like you can be an example to other people. Adults can learn from you. Like, it doesn't Mm -hmm. say believers and talking about like your classmates at school. It's saying believers talking about the church. Like, you can set an example. You can, you know, you can show how you live your life so that adults can grow from it and be impacted by it. Uh, And when we did Student Sunday this past year, we had some students share about their experiences on impact trips. And I promise you, that people were impacted mm-hmm. that were far older than those uh what two juniors and an eighth grader that were on stage. Like they had some serious truth to share um and some serious impact that had happened in their life over the summer. And I I mean I personally got lots of like <laughs> compliments about the students. I'm like, oh I'm just asking them some questions on stage. Mm-hmm. Like God's doing something in their life and they are able to impact people far older than them
3: and I think too if you remember when you're a student a kid and you don't maybe know everything about uh, what you have to face in life and there's this idealism or idealistic uh, you know feeling about inspiration and and we can do this and this attitude that as adults sometimes we can be the Debbie Downers and kind of say oh well you you know you don't understand life. You're mm-hmm. going to go through all these hardships. And <laughs> I wonder sometimes we need that. Yeah. You know, the, uh, and uh, just thinking about all the movements that happened uh, with revivals, they started typically with young people, maybe not a 10 or 11 year old, but it was young people. Mm-hmm. Um, so God wants to use the voice of young people and the young generation to impact us, and we got to be open to it.
0: Yeah. Were you about to say something?
1: It just makes me think of, like, I know you just brought up First Timothy, and we know Timothy was young whenever he started mm-hmm. following Paul on his journeys. But, like, the first thing that popped into my mind was Josiah in the Old Testament. And, you know, he's eight years old whenever he becomes king of Israel. And, like, we don't know a ton about him, but the scriptures that read about him, are very complimentary on how he how he led. But one of the things that he did is at a young age, he read the book of the law to the people. Like he, sh- he showed people that God has a desire for their lives, has an intention for their lives. And this is coming from a young person. And like, I think it speaks absolutely to what you just said, is that sometimes it
0: absolutely takes young people to speak up for us to really pay attention. Mm-hmm. I've been convicted personally, like hearing that story made me think of my oldest, like every single person he talks to, like at school, on the bus, he ends up talking about faith Mm -hmm. and like, he got a new teacher this semester and he's like, yeah, I invited her to church. I was like, (laughs) this is like the first day back. Like, how did, how did that happen? He's like, well, (laughs) I just asked her if she goes to church anywhere Mm -hmm. and she said, you know, whatever. And he's like, well, you can come to our church. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and he just, it's all the time and it's, it's what you were talking about Danis what you were talking about like he's not cynical about the world yet <laughs> you know yeah. he yeah. he still has this like mindset of like well why wouldn't they want to come you know
2: we uh, overcomplicate things way too much as adults oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: mm-hmm. we we think too much mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. overcomplicate things
3: mm-hmm. and too I don't know if you guys have probably all seen it when uh I saw it mostly with middle school and high school so when you throw out questions uh, and you have both those ages in the room, Who whose hands are the first ones up to answer? The sixth graders. Because mm. <laughs> they don't care what anybody's thinking about them. They know the answer. They're going to try. And then you get to be, you know, the 17, 18, you know, they're like, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't want to be, I want to be cool. I don't want to share anything, you know, that may be wrong or whatever. It's just the maturity thing. But man, if we could all be the nature of a sixth grader, I'll answer that question or I'll share this. I mm-hmm. mean, that would be, it's like you were saying, that would be awesome.
0: It's a cool thought. Like, what if we all had the hmm. I don't know the mindset of a sixth grader?
1: Oh well, scary. I don't. I don't. I'm, not ready, <laughs> I'm scary, not ready to go that far. Scary thought.
2: In some ways,
0: I didn't say hygiene.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we want the cohen
0: Zeisloffs of the world running everything. <laughs>
2: Oh,
0: Lord. <laughs> hey, I'd take a Cohen and Bowen president and vice president. Let's go. <laughs> That's a good tag team. That's a good slogan. a lot of dancing. <laughs> yeah, dance breaks. <laughs> a lot of dancing, a lot of football. That'd it be fun. All right. I, I mean, we already kind of hit this. Matt, why is this such an important value to us here? Oh, uh, I I mean, because,
1: uh, well, the young generation is just so important. Um. And I mean, whenever we see and we hear, you know, we hear people and it's great to have established staff that grew up here and that can share in that. And, um, you know, one of the things that I love is uh, hearing Mary Ellen talk about one of the, I think one of the first times that she was like leading Sunday school before she came on staff as the children's pastor and she she still has the bulletin that lists who's helping where and so it's it has her name Mary Ellen Rail leading children's church Sunday school whatever they called it back way back way 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 back way back <laughs> but the the it says the helper like the children's ministry helper is Stuart Cruz <laughs> like it you know we have there's a history here, of making sure that a that young generation people feel feel a part and are a part, not just feel a part, but are no make it known that they are a crucial part of this church, um, the church, not just this church, the church. Um, you know, to the even to the, to the point that it's it's ingrained even in our senior pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a crucial thing and one that I I wish I could say that I see in more churches. Yeah. Um, Sadly, sadly we don't. And I just wish they did. I think, you know, all these other, uh, these other values, I almost feel like this value is almost like a culmination Mm -hmm. of everything else that they really build up to this, that we absolutely desire that every young person that calls County line home knows that they're not just a part and a member, a, a, a valued servant, but they are a part, not just of county line, but the church, mm-hmm. Jesus's church. Mm-hmm. So it it's huge. Mm-hmm. And I I love, like I said, it, I feel like it's a part of our DNA, even in the people that are here on staff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you were saying that, I almost think this value could almost be the mission statement within our Young Gen ministry and our mission statement. To equip every generation could be our vision statement. Like yep. it could almost fall, and then we accomplish empowering kids and students to be the church of today by partnering with parents, identifying faith influencers, connecting. The, you know, just listening. To, I I mean, I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm.
2: I think Stu challenges challenged us as a staff yesterday about looking for the win. What is the win every time? Yeah, and I feel like this points to what we want our win to be, and that is first of all that we value every person in this building. Um, as the church, no matter what their age is, there's value in what you are doing here. But it's also about you are the church of today, and this is a lifelong journey that we want you to be on. Not It's not just about when you're in elementary school or high school or for a season of life, but being the church in where, wherever you land, whether it means you still land at County Line when you're old, mm-hmm. like some of us, or if you end up someplace else, that we want this relationship that you've built with Christ to be something that's lifelong, that this is a baton that you're going to continue to carry throughout your life. It's not just something that's for a season, but mm-hmm. it's the win would be that you're the church of today and tomorrow and for the next generation to pull those, those people in and your family and all that, that it's, this is not the win would be that this continues on for their lifetime.
3: Yeah. Now, you know, when you said old, you're throwing yourself in that category know, as I well. I looked at you. All I right. knew it was us. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you're old too, Stacy. then. Uh, the one thing that I was just thinking about is that picture of when Jesus was standing there with his disciples and I'm sure a crowd and the children were coming up Mm -hmm. to him and he says, you got to become like one of these guys Mm -hmm. in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I'm like, I wonder what they thought. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be the, allow them to be, you have to be like them to be the church of today in this, in this form in order to enter into my kingdom. And I, as an adult, they had to be thinking, what? these kids don't know anything. They haven't been through the Jewish school yet, you know, whatever their Mm -hmm. mentality was. But, uh, I mean, Jesus brought it as a very pertinent um, truth that there's something about, I mean, we just said what it was like to be like a sixth grader. Jesus said that there's something about having that attitude, like Bowen, Mm -hmm. who doesn't care what his teacher's going to think about him. Right. That he's just, hey, I'm I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, Now me at, our age, you know, oh, well, what if that person, what are they going to think about me? What if I make them mad? What if they, you know, we have all these things and, compli- like you say, complicate things, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's interesting to picture that, that setting when Jesus was saying that and what, what would we as adults say now if Jesus came down and brought the kids on and said, you guys got to become like this. Wow, that's uh, a <laughs> tumbling Sumbling as an mm-hmm. adult to remember that.
0: For some reason when you're saying that, like our reaction, I picture Dwight from the office when somebody like tells him to do something and he's always like, That's dumb. That's stupid. You know, he just has this like very direct response to them. Like I think so many people would like react like that and just have this like, that doesn't make any sense. You're an idiot kind of response. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, but that's where the other values come in
1: into play. Is we're not saying, you know, whenever, you know, Dane's saying that and saying, you know, you got to become like one of these children and, you know, it's not just Dane saying it's Jesus saying it, you know, we should probably listen to him every now and then or all the time. (laughs) But, you know, he's not saying, you know, hand the keys over to the kids and let them just run the, run the church. But that's where the other values come in into play is that we want to set up partnerships between parents and other caring adults to mentor their kids, to build faith relationships. We want to see students serving alongside in an intergenerational space. Like that's what, what we're desiring, you know? And, you know, to someone who would be like, ah, you know, the kids' ministry, we just need to babysit them until they're 18, and that's that's enough. That's enough for what we need. You're you're going to miss out. Mm-hmm. You're going to miss out on a full picture of what the church can be. You're going to miss out on amazing kingdom work that can take place. And frankly, if you don't adopt that mentality, I think your gathering that you, you call as the church is probably going to die out.
2: Well, and I think that's where you see those kids turning away, like we that 70%. If you don't invest until they're 18, mm-hmm. they've probably already turned around and walked away.
0: Yeah. And that's what, I mean, trying to measure this, mm-hmm. like you were talking a little bit ago, like it's a lifelong thing. Like mm-hmm. it's hard. I've at this point, not as long as Dane, but I've been in it for long enough.
2: That's the third time we're that, talking about age. I know, now, I know. That's the only reason <laughs> I
0: did yeah, it. I'm <laughs> not even 50 yet. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've been in it long enough now that I'm starting to see like... Mm-hmm you know, fruit or good fruit or bad fruit, yeah. um, with students that have, you know, that are sticking with their faith mm-hmm. that are into adulthood, they're getting married, they're having kids and they're following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then there's other kids too, that, you know, that's, that's, the statistic is true. Like I, mm-hmm. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, but it's not something that, you know, when we sit down and do like a six month review or a year long review, like. It's not like we can effectively be like, well, how many kids are, uh, you know, sticking with their, you know, it's, it's a lifelong it's thing. Process. And, you know, we don't really know. But mm-hmm. we know what statistics and what studies show is effective. And we've compiled those into these values and try to do our best to carry those out mm-hmm. how we know how. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the values, it says... Or each, each value has a description, and each one starts with we believe. That was intentional. We won't go into that here. But it says, we believe for empower kids and students to be the church of today. It says, we believe students should have a seat on leadership teams and be heard as a vital voice in decision-making. So for this value, how are we currently doing this? Like, how are we implementing this piece, and then we'll get into, as long as we still have some time, we'll get into the practical side of it, like what we're actually doing practically to empower kids and students to be the church of today. So, Dane, you want to start us out? Like, what are we doing currently uh, to give students a seat on leadership teams and have a vital voice in what's happening in the church?
3: Not much, to be really honest. I think this is the one where... It gets a little messy to try to figure this out, and you have to be strategic um, in how to do it, but it's something that I think uh, having it on paper is one thing, but putting it into action mm-hmm. is another, mm-hmm. but we need to continue to talk about and figure out what does that look like. Um, we do have a ministry leadership team. They have to be ratified you know, you know, and voted on in a sense, uh, or a- affirmed,
0: I should say. And that uh, for somebody that doesn't know what that is would be like sure. your board of directors or your elders. Yeah. Um, something yes. along those lines.
3: Yep. And I don't know what the bylaws say about what age you have to be. I don't know if it's 21 or 18. I'm not exactly sure. But um, it would be interesting for a student to be a part of that mm-hmm. as a liaison or just a, a lay person, you know, not maybe have a voting right, but just to be a part of it. I know it could be hard for them because. In church, there's people that—and um, and people do a best to run the church, and sometimes there's issues and things that come up and that can be difficult to hear. Um, you get to hear some of the—and so we need to protect a little bit of that. So I don't know. It's just I really like that in theory, but how to do that well, I think mean, we have to be creative and continue to, to ponder and think about— how can we have kids, students at the leadership table? I think leading worship is one thing that we allow and, and have um, on Sundays mm-hmm. uh, on a regular basis, I would think, when you guys think on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's, we're doing that. And they are leading, they're facilitating worship and yeah. adults. But I think it's just one of those things that we have to continue to think about it.
0: Yeah. I, I appreciate the honesty. Like, I, um, you, uh, asking the question i wasn't sure like you know <laughs> if what your view was you know mm-hmm. personally like it's not like we got together and like collaborated how we're going to answer these questions beforehand so uh, i appreciate the honesty what do you guys think like in your in your view maybe maybe there's some other things within your areas of ministry that we are doing a better job at this mm-hmm. um or like what what could we do what are some next steps that you have that we could do better
2: in my ministry, it's a little harder because I'm dealing with the ripest of age at nine years old, so giving them leadership is a little bit more difficult. However, I do feel like the students um, come back coming back into my arena to serve still gives many of them who are comfortable with it an opportunity to lead in a classroom. I'm going to use the example of Luke Lagrange. He's a senior at Leo High School and. He has served many times back in our area. and every time he's worked with an adult, the adult oftentimes will hand the reins to him and let him run the lesson or the review of the lesson or whatever in the classroom because he just he naturally has skills that he pulls the kids in. He's first of all, he's ginormous and the kids are mesmerized by his height. But um, he's very engaging and he has the ability to pull that in. So he's stepped into a in my in my eyes, that's very much a leadership role where we would typically have an adult leading these young kids. Um, but for me to have my, my area of newborns through third graders in a leadership role, not really happening, <laughs> but right. I do think the model of those high schoolers coming back in or junior hires and showing these kiddos, like, this is what you can do when you get older. I do think that that, that model before them gives them, you know, a little taste of something that they may be interested in when they get older.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, with KWT, like we yes. have kids worship. So we have not just on main stage, we have kids and students, but in kids ministry, we have students come in and lead Mm -hmm. worship in there. Like Mm -hmm. That's just another element of what you guys have going on.
2: Giving them a little taste of what that adult component will look like someday. I think there may not be experiencing the full idea of what that leadership is, but Mm -hmm. I think when they see that's what I do, but I do that for my friends, like leading worship or whatever, gives them an idea of what it could what it could be as they get older. And
0: it gives them a taste of it yeah. without handing over. Hey, yes. you're gonna lead this ministry right now. Yeah. And you
2: may not be a decision maker, but you've experienced a little bit of a leadership and mm-hmm. modeling what leadership looks like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally agree with both of you. Uh all right. I, I, would, add. <laughs> I would add, I think I do think that there is that this this value and, you know, kind of the we believe statement is is a little bit of the, the ideal dream, mm-hmm. you know. Like it's not we, we wanna get this set up, it's not set up yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Dane was saying. And I think it's gonna take some um some trial runs, mm-hmm. some experimenting on it to to see what will what it could really look like. Um that's a great thing about County Line is we're not afraid to try new things. Um and I think you know, to add and seeing where it's at in kind of the student ministry is, I think a big part of seeing students as being, you know, leaders and being the church today is getting their input. Like just getting their input on, you know, hey, how do you think this is going? How do you, what do you want to see um, done? And it's almost recognizing that their voice is valuable. We want to hear hear from them. We want to know, um, what do you love? What do you like? What do you not like? And what do you hate? Mm -hmm. Um, about church, about the ministry, like let's talk through tough questions. Let's talk, let's talk and gaining their input and asking for their input intentionally, I think is a huge part of making them feel valued and being, Hey, you are part of this and I'm asking you because I value your voice and honestly that's I believe that's a huge leadership role is whenever you ask for people's voices
0: yeah I would I would agree like when we um, we're planning our impact trip for this coming summer I pulled in students I had a list of options hey what do you think just you know based on what you tell me I'm not gonna pick this specific place but I want your input like I I want to get a collective group of voices together um, I know Kaz at one point had a anti-trafficking team and we pulled a student into that um, to have a voice on that, on that team. And um, I agree, you know, Matt, with what you were saying, like um, it's, it's an ideal situation. Like even looking at faith influencers, like ideally we believe every kid or student needs at least five of these, but we know not every kid and student within mm-hmm. the walls of County Line or the communities that we serve have that. And so that's our ideal. That's what we hope to build to, Um, So we hope to build to having, you know, kids and students having a vital voice within the church. We know that's not happening everywhere all the time, but we're hopefully moving that direction.
2: Another part to that, too, is I think it's a good picture for kids to see in those leadership opportunities that, Comes with that is some accountability. Mm-hmm. Like when you're put into a leadership role, or you're put into a position of being in a position in, like if they were to sit on in on a board meeting, that there's some accountability when you step into a leadership thing. It's not it quite as easy as just coming in, slipping in a seat, and heading back out at mm-hmm. the end of service. That there's accountability that comes with that, and there's investment in that that's required of you, and that's a good that's a good thing for them to understand before putting them into a position. Then being like, "Whoa, this is way too much for me. I didn't expect this
0: component." Right. Yeah. Okay, so what are I don't, we kind of hit that already? Practical things, like we've kind of listed <laughs> some different practical things that we're doing. Um, anybody?
3: Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, real quick, going what Matt said, I think would be an interesting idea of, of the input, trying to get input from kids. I wonder if we could take a segment of elementary age, preteen, middle school, and high school, and just sit them down and say, we want honest answers about sticky face Sunday, like when you're sitting in there what do you want to see what do you like what do you don't like what you know just to get their input Mm -hmm. from and and again they may not know of anything to say but at least like matt was saying that we're asking for their input which makes them feel like okay i'm seen and heard here Mm -hmm. Um, they value me Mm -hmm. and so maybe that's something that we could talk about implementing uh, and maybe we come up with a, a sticky faith Sunday chart oh, like of like a
2: junior board.
3: Yeah, different <laughs> things that we right. do, and they rate us on
0: how well we do it. Um, I don't know. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it was um, a pastor, preacher, speaker, um, and she does spoken word. And she said how they do, like, when you go to like an underground spoken word, I don't know if competition or whatever is the right phrasing, but she said, instead of having like a panel of judges that are like professionals, they would start the event out and say, all right, has anybody never been to a spoke, a spoken word thing before? And like, you know, two or three people would raise their hand and they'd be like, all right, come here, here's your scorecards. You're going to grade this. Like, so it's people that have no knowledge Mm -hmm. and like, so they're not getting like expert opinion and they're not like being nitpicky. Like, you know, if Dane, if you're preaching and we have scorecards, like we've already got like our ideas of, you know, how we're grading your preaching. Mm -hmm. Um, but if we, gave it to kids and students on a Sticky Face Sunday and say, hey, grade this sermon. Like, grade the worship. Here's, you know, maybe we give them some, you know, some categories, like a rubric, or maybe we just say, hey, honest feedback. Like, just go for it. Yeah. Tear them apart. Speech class. (laughs) Start with stew.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, or just different elements that uh, we've tried in the past, or maybe we'll get an idea that Mm -hmm. will be a really engaging one for students and kids on a Sunday morning. I don't know.
1: Well, and that's honestly how we got to come coming up with these Sticky Faith Values, is we brought in uh, the Growing Young survey, and we, we started to—this re- was one of the things that revealed out of that survey whenever we had asked students and people from every age demographic in the church that that was one thing that pointed out was that our our leadership ages are actually kind of getting skewed, and that we don't have enough young voices in that. And so it, it's interesting that it revealed, you know, by asking young people the question, it revealed something. And we're going and we're still talking about it. Going, all right, we gotta we gotta continue
0: to make that change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, that growing young idea. It's a book that then they made a survey and they helped churches. Uh, and the idea is each generation. Has less and less Christians, less and less mm-hmm. church attenders in it. So the idea of growing young isn't saying that the older generations don't have a voice within this, but it's saying we need more younger voices in this, and we need more younger people in church. Uh, and so, evaluating based on those, like that is that's exactly what we're we're hoping to continue growing young, um, which in the long run, you know, will keep those older generations still. Um, still growing. I don't know, any closing thoughts before we wrap it up here?
3: It's been interesting. In the last week or so, I've been reading some uh, a magazine called The Voice of the Martyrs. And the one, uh, and it's about Christians that are being persecuted all over the world and uh, just stories of faith. And the one magazine, there's probably five or six short articles, and every one was about a in the rages of 13 to 18 year old Hmm. in these other parts of the world that are being persecuted, putting their, at times life on the line. And I am encouraged by just reading about their strong faith. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just blows my mind of what they are having to face. And one of them was this 18 year old girl who was teaching and leading the younger kids. And, uh, she got called out by the police and they threatened her. I mean, and it, it's just fascinating to hear about their faith that even when something like that happens, it almost makes them stronger. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this is the right thing to do because mm-hmm. I'm receiving this mm-hmm. persecution, but it's just, uh, it's just a great reminder for me that uh, I can learn from these younger voices of how they're living their faith out in real tangible ways, in very different circumstances than me. And uh, I can, (laughs) it's like, I want to be like them. Mm -hmm. I pray my faith is as strong as these teens' faith.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a reason that Christianity is just exploding everywhere across the world, except the United States, Mm -hmm. where we have it easy. We don't face persecution Mm -hmm. as much as some people like to think what we do. Like that's, I mean, people are taking a stand for their faith in other parts of the world like that and sometimes being killed because of it Mm -hmm. and it's encouraging people and inspiring people and they're like, okay, you're willing to die for that? Like I want that. Here we're like, oh, like it causes me to change how I live my everyday life. Eh, eh, Mm -hmm. Whatever.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just been a real challenge for me. And it was like everyone I would turn I don't know if it was specifically done by Voices of the Martyrs, they have every article about a teen or, you know, a young a young voice. But everyone I read was is in that particular one was was really, really encouraging and, and challenging.
0: Mm-hmm. The millennials will remember the DC Talk Jesus Freak books. Ooh, they were yeah. all about martyrs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe some some of you more I remember seasoned that. folk. Mm-hmm. I had that book folk. But Dane probably had that book as a youth pastor. I did. I had that book as like a middle schooler. <laughs> <laughs> Was that hand raised? That's because the fifth time. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah, there we go. All right. We're going to wrap up for today and that also wraps up all of our Sticky Faith values here. Um, we continue to do ministry based on these values um, and the podcast will continue on just other different topics relating to Ministry, parenting, family life, anything else that comes up or that we feel like we should talk about. Um, if you're listening and you have suggestions, um, you know some of you have just picked up a phone and called and gave suggestions, um, <laughs> Dean Stewart, uh, but uh, long time listener, multiple time <laughs> caller. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we for real, would love to hear like if, if there's a specific topic that you want us to tackle. We have a big list already, uh, but we'd love to to get some input from from those of you that are listening so we'll wrap it up with that we will talk to you guys later bye